mothers to be tender to the children and be supportive of their husbands, to be encouraging to their husbands, to be that part of the home that they can fix out and dwell and follow you. And Lord, we pray for the little ones, the little hearts, and the little minds. Look, the moms and dads and believers should be guided. And look, God, for example. Oh God, may we all, regardless of our age, whether we are just parents or whether we're Our theme this year is a church that prays together. We will build families together. We will love together. We will serve together. We will pray together. So we're continuing to pray together as a church. If I can have our ushers to come forward at this time, we'll receive our tithes and our offerings. Visitors, if you've had a chance to fill out that visitor's card, put it in the offering plate. If not, um, if you'll fill it out, Josh will be waiting at the back door today because I will be wet and uh, I will not be coming back out until after I dry off uh, from baptismal service this morning. So he will be there. You can give it to him as you're going out the door. We do want a record of your visit today. We are glad you're here, whether for the baptismal or just because the Lord has brought you here today. All right, Russ, if you'll ask the blessing, please. Lord, we thank you for being in your house to worship you once again. And we ask a blessing upon these tithes and offerings so they may further your work. I love the name of praise. Amen.
somebody that could play that beautiful piano over there and put a little life into it or, you know, just kind of make it do what it can do. All right. Um, as the last several weeks, we've had uh, someone from our Budget and Finance Committee come and share a word with you about some financial uh, uh, testimonies and concerns. So I'm going to ask Cookie if she'll come and share what she has for us today. Hey, everybody. Hi. That was nice, wasn't it? You know, it's funny how God puts a service together because preacher has no idea what I'm going to say. He usually does like to know what I'm going to say. But um, just uh, in the song that we just sang, in the harvest field now ripen, there's work for all to do. Little as much as is, is God is in it. You know, that song just fit right into that. And then he taught Sunday school this morning about God uses ordinary people. I am an ordinary people, and he uses us, and you are ordinary people. I am with the finance committee, but I'm not going to ask for any money. I'm going to thank you for your money and where your money goes. Because of you, I have come into Ash County and have become a servant of the Lord. I didn't know I was going to end up in Ash County. My husband brought me here, and here I am, and I love it. I've been here 13 years full time. But the service that God can use for us in this county, in this church, with these people is big. And I want to thank you for your tithes and offerings because that's the reason why I'm standing here today. I want to start with, you know that you give canned food to ARC. Ash really cares. You know those boxes are out there in the Sunday school rooms and you share and give those cans of food. But Ash really cares is much more than that. And that is one of our missions. It's part of your tithes and offerings. Ash really cares. Jesus lives in that building. It's, and you that have worked there know. Uh, and the volunteers, I do about 10 hours a week there, you get to pray with these people and be with these people. Everything at Ashley Cares is given to the people. Nothing is sold. It's food. It's clothes. It's household goods. And our church is part of that because of your tithes and offerings. We never want to stop giving. Another thing that is a passion of mine, as most of you know, is Baptist of Missions and Billy Graham Rapid Response, to go out and do recovery and do chaplain work. I could not have done that without you. I have been sponsored by K-Love, but I've also been sponsored by this church, giving me money to take my critical incident stress management classes, not for my stress, but the things that happen, school shootings, disasters, passionate care. There's, there's so many things that go into chaplaincy, which really means a ministry of presence. But you have allowed me to go through the missions, through the tithes and offerings that you have given, and I thank you again. Another thing is, I've, and, and this is not a time for me to tell you what I'm doing, it's a time to thank you. It's a time to, for you to realize that you too can get up and do something. That, but I want to thank you for what I'm doing, for what you're giving. And so never, ever stop giving. Um, I'm a volunteer chaplain at the hospital. When there's not a pastor around, I can go in and be with these people. Again, I don't have to say anything. It's a ministry of presence. It's just being with someone. But if I get that chance, yeah, I'm going to talk about Jesus. And there's going to be some salvation going on because that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's talking about Jesus. And then last but not least, I'm one of three ladies that do um, women's ministry in the jail. Every single week, we're in that jailhouse, and we're talking to these women. And our goal is that one woman doesn't come back. That they say, but I go, I go back into the world that I know, which is not a good world for them. But we teach them they can be the light in the darkness. If they can just accept Jesus Christ, they can be light. And they don't have to come back to this jail where many do come back. 
but every single week we have a they, we have their undivided attention. We're in their pod, in their cell. They can't go anywhere. So every single week they're hearing the word of Christ, and we're hoping that we're planting that we're planting that seed that they won't come back. So all of this is because of you. I am out there doing those things because of you, your tithes and your offerings. So never, ever stop giving. Just do what the Lord asks you to do. Give your 10%, and above that, your offering, and go out and bless others. Thank you. Let me just quickly add to that that uh, because of your tithes and offerings, yesterday our church received an award from the state convention uh, for the top giving to the North Carolina Baptist Missions offering for our budgeted amount of $3,500 that we give to disaster relief and work that is done across the North Carolina and across the states as well as around the world. So congratulations to you for winning that award. Giving your tithes gives us the ability to be able to help other ministries do what they do. All right, Ron, go ahead.
have to cut your fellowship time down, but we got a lot left to do this morning, so if I can get you just to shake a hand, hug a dick, and then sit down, we'll not have any children's church dismissal. will make her way back to her seat. <laughs> she knows it's her and I have to get every time. Alright, you got your Bibles with you this morning, which I hope you did. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible with you, I got a question for you. Where did you think you were going when you left the house this morning? Okay? Alright? Alright, Acts chapter 19. Um, you might ask the question, well, preacher, what are you doing preaching before we're doing a baptism? Because I, I hope that the next, if you give me 10 to 15 minutes, I will let you know exactly why I'm doing this. All right? Uh, because we've been up and down so much, I'm just going to read Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 5 for you. And it says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having uh, passed through the outer or upper coast, uh, came unto Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard, rather there be a Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto them that you be baptized. And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after that is on Christ Jesus. That they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. And now, Father, help me to just explain the importance of believers' baptism so that we might understand the reason why we're about to do what we're going to do today. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you love us and have drawn us out of our darkness into that marvelous light. Let this... Be your word spoke today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. There was a story about a Baptist preacher who had started a serving in a new church. And for eight Sundays straight, he preached on the importance of baptism. Finally, the chairman of the deacons approached him and Greg said to me, uh, Preacher, no, just kidding. Uh, preacher, we think that you need to choose another theme to preach on. The pastor responded, well, I didn't know that you felt that way. Why don't you just pick out a Bible text and I'll preach on that next week? The deacon, deacon thought that was a good idea, so randomly he opened the Bible, closed his eyes, and put his finger in the middle of the page, and he said, okay, pastor, here's your text. Matthew chapter 3, verse 10. The axe is laid at the root of the tree. The next Sunday, the preacher stood up and he began to uh, read the scripture and then he said, amen, that's wonderful. They laid the ax at the root of the tree. Why would anyone do that? Well, of course, he said, to cut down the tree so they can dam up the creek so that we can get back to baptizing. <laughs> like that preacher, I believe it's important before we do a baptism to remind the folks sitting out there, what are you about to see? What are we doing? Why? we doing it and what's the significance of it in order for you to understand 
right? Um, I believe that there is a clear understanding of what biblical baptism is all about. Although there is only one saving, indispensable baptism in the Bible, there are several different baptisms that are mentioned. The one true saving baptism is that of the Spirit of the Lord. This is the one baptism that unites all of us together as believers. When a sinner believes on the Lord Jesus, the Spirit of God baptizes him into Christ, into the body, making him a new creature. Paul wrote in Galatians 3.27, For as many as have been baptized into Christ have been put on Christ. Then the Apostle Paul also wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made to drink into one Spirit. Most churches practice the, the, the act of baptism, but not all churches practice. command given to someone from someone of greater authority than they. We have been given in Matthew chapter 28 by God, by Jesus, a command and we are to do it. In Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20, you all heard it. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even unto the end of the world. Amen. This commission has never been rescinded. Jesus gave it to us over 2,000 years ago, and it is still as valid today as it was the day that he spoke it. And so we, uh, even after the gospel of grace of God was revealed to the Apostle Paul, the command to teach the unsaved, to share the gospel with them about Jesus, and then baptize them and instruct them in how to live an obedient life called discipleship was given to all of us to practice as believers. So there's a few things I want you to see. First of all, it was pronounced by Jesus Christ. The command was given by Jesus and none other than Jesus. These were the last words that Jesus gave to us as his followers, the descendants, those followers who had followed him through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And now he's about to ascend into heaven and he says, listen, I'm leaving, but you're staying. Here's what you need to do. And he gives them Matthew 28. And verses 18 through 19, so, or 20. So we see that as he descends into heaven, ascends up there, I, I would say that he meant for us to remember these words and then to live them out. The second thing that I want you to see, it was performed by those who heard him. Those very disciples, those very people carried on the practice. They did that which they had heard. They preached the words of the lost the bat, and they baptized those that were converted. They taught the converted to go out and to share the gospel so they could repeat what they had heard, seen, and done. And the third thing that we see 
as they did this, it was practiced by the early church, the first church practice believers' baptism as a part of the profession of their faith. When they received Jesus Christ, they were baptized and then brought into the church as a part of the family of God. And then the next thing, it was, uh, it was or it is a priority for us today. Uh, it's a mandate. It's not just a nice thing to do. It's not just a, a formality that we do. We need to recognize that God has commanded us to do it. We're doing this as an act of obedience today. We are to uh, be converted and then we're to be baptized as obedient Christians. You see, salvation does not come from baptism. Baptism is a sign of our salvation. The second thing I want you to hear this morning is consider the message of baptism. Now, I know I'm speaking kind of fast and all this. Some of you, uh, you've all heard this before. Probably everyone has, but this is a refresher so that when you see the picture, all of this that I've speedily went through will say, oh, it makes sense now. Now we understand what he was yabbering about. All right, now, consider the message of baptism. I had the joy this week of meeting with the little ones that will be coming up in just a little bit and, and going over all of this. And we talked about this. As a matter of fact, we even went back in, into the baptistry while it was empty and we talked about all of the beautiful picture of what baptism means. So listen, my friends, I take this serious. I don't baptize anyone that I don't believe has fully come to understand and mean what they have said about receiving Jesus Christ because this is a serious step of obedience. I need to know that even our young ones as well as our old ones understand and know what they're testifying to. So it's very important. So, even before the New Testament went into full effect, water baptism pointed people to the atoning work of the Son of God. Consider John chapter 1, verses 29 through 31. The next day, John, seeing Jesus coming unto him, saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sins of the world. This is he whom I said, after he cometh a man, or cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should make manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come baptizing with water. Like the great commission of Matthew chapter 28, nothing happened during the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament that changed the basic principles of baptism. Baptism was to show that Jesus was coming. Water baptism was for the repentance of sin. Spiritual baptism was the, the newness of life in which we receive through Jesus Christ. And so it was that there is one message, and that message is the work of Jesus Christ in the atoning grace of saving sinners from their sins and, and bringing them into the family of God. Now, baptism identifies us with Christ. It identifies Christ, first, His death for our sins. This is significant by converts crossing and folding their arms as they go in, referring to death. Now, when we put somebody in the, in the, the coffin as they are, uh, oftentimes we'll fold their hands. This is a sign. And so it is that it is a sign of death, rest. Also, it identifies his burial. 
Alright? This portrays when the convert is immersed, covered in the water. You see, we don't bury people face down. We do not bury them three times over. We don't sprinkle a little dirt on them and say that's good enough. Uh, we baptize them by complete immersion into water. I told the boys, if you're not completely wet when I bring you back up, I've done something wrong. Okay? It's immersion. It's not sprinkle. It's not dabble. It is immersion. It is fully in. As Jesus died, he was fully immersed into death, and then he rose up from the grave. Baptism identifies the convert. To put it simply, baptism is an outward sign of what Jesus has done inwardly in our hearts. Listen, my friends, it's a testimony to the world. Jesus changed me. I was once a sinner, but now I am saved. All right? So consider the manner of baptism. Acts chapter 8, 35 through 39 tells us this. Only a believer, if you go back to Acts, it's talking about Philip and the eunuch. And Philip went back and God led him to, to share the gospel with a, a, a man. And he shared the gospel and Philip told him all that he needed to know from the Old Testament all the way to Jesus. And he believed. And uh, uh, Acts chapter 8 talks about who should be baptized. Well, the Bible says, he that believes, he that is a converted believer. That is why we sometimes call water baptism, immersion baptism, believer's baptism. Philip required the man first to put his trust in Christ and to tell him that he did before he could be baptized. Every believer must be baptized, not in order to become a Christian, but in order to become an obedient Christian. How should a believer be baptized? We already talked about this. By immersion. All right? It's a scriptural baptism portrayed, which portrays the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. That would not have been necessary if a sprinkling would have sufficed. And then next, I want you to consider the merit of baptism. Acts chapter 8, verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Water baptism does not save any of us. Contrary to the teaching of some denominations and churches, baptism is not the saving grace. Jesus is the saving grace. Baptism is our outward sign of our act of obedience to follow Jesus Christ as a professing believer. Alright, so what does it do for us? Think of these three things. It gives us a good conscience. Now, what do I mean by that? You see, what a peace of God that we have when we know that we have been obedient to the will of God. What a peace that it leaves us with, knowing full well that God says that we ought to be 
baptized after we've made a profession of faith and we follow in that believer's baptism, what a peace of mind and a peace of heart to know that I have taken the first steps of the act of obedience to obey God and His command to be baptized. And what a fellowship. What a grand fellowship it brings us into. God is pleased with our obedience, of course. Your fellowship with Him will become much sweeter as we walk hand in hand with Him. Likewise, it brings you into the fellowship of the believers of the last 2,000 plus years. You are identified with those who have been baptized in the same fashion as you. As we follow others who have set the stage for us, we then become a part of the fellowship of the family of God. Not just this family, not the family that we see today, but the entirety of the family from the time of Christ until the end. And then what a glowing testimony. Here's so important, folks. You see, what a great testimony it is for us when we walk through the waters of baptism. Every baptism is a sermon in itself. Every person that, that obeys the Lord and follows Him in believer's baptism is preaching a message, sharing a testimony, proclaiming to the world, I was once living my own life. I was doing my thing my way. And God came into my heart and I died to myself. And I was buried, crucified in Christ, dead put in the ground, but praise God, like Jesus, I rose up a new person in Jesus Christ. My friends, it is a testimony that the old life has been put to death and a new life stands before you as one who is willing to serve the Savior. What a great joy it is to be a part of lives that have been changed for Christ. Let your testimony not only be heard, but seen. Well, I hope that I didn't go so fast that you got left behind, but that you have an understanding. If not, keep your eyes open in the next few moments as we're going to share in a time of believer's baptism an opportunity for each of these young people, from young people to adults, to be able to share the story of baptism. Now, I hope that it's a clearer understanding and if you have never come to the place where you have followed the Lord in believer's baptism, maybe something I said today has led you to be convicted that you need to follow in obedience. If you ever expect God to ask you to do anything else in life, you've got to do the very first thing that He's asked you to do. So maybe you're convicted today. Well, let me tell you, what you need to do is just let me know and I will do everything I can to walk you through. We have a little book that we take everybody through that helps them to understand what they need to understand and what they need to know, how that they can know that they've been saved all the way to how to know how to let Christ lead our life. And it gives you an opportunity to be able to make that decision. But maybe you're here today and you've been baptized. Maybe you've been baptized as a believer, but you, you, you were one of those people that, that made a profession, uh, walked an aisle, shared the Lord, got baptized, and went back to your seat, and you've sat there since, and you haven't done anything else. You haven't even joined the church. Listen, my friends, 
If God has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light and you've obeyed in believer's baptism, you need to be a part of a fellowship where you can be actively serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And if this is the place, you come. And we'll certainly make sure that you become a part of the work of God here. May God bless you as we share together in a time of baptism. So I'm going to ask those that are candidates for baptism to come right up here right now. If you'll just line right up here. Um, Tom and I are going to do these baptisms this morning. So uh, if you will all just stand right up here. I'm going to have the privilege of baptizing these three young ones. And Tom's going to have the privilege of baptizing those two adults as he's had the privilege of sharing the gospel with them. All right, so what a great opportunity for us today. I'm going to just ask as a group, are you coming today, all of you, to receive uh, baptism as an outward testimony of what Jesus Christ has done in your lives? Yes. All right. All right, hearing that, church, if you will, uh, just give us a moment as the screen rises. Uh, some music's going to play, and we're going to go get ready. So let's go ahead and move our way right that way. Oh, yeah, get your bag, buddy. Get your bag. All right, you go take them over there. All right. Okay. Come on this way, guys. Your stuff's back here, Philip. All right, now, Anthony... One of the little ones that's being baptized has picked out the music that you're going to listen to for baptism. These are two of his favorite songs. Anthony, you're going to take off your shoes or you're going to go in with them? And your glasses, buddy. I was blinded. You gave me eyes to see. I was going under. You reached out to me.
Dalton Coldiron. Dalton has come today also to testify to you today that he has asked the Lord Jesus Christ into his heart. And he is following in believer's baptism. Dalton, have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Are you willing to follow him and walk with him the best of your days, the rest of your life? Alright, then based upon that testimony, my friend. My brother, I don't know this. Baptize you in the name. He's excited to go for it. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Right, now this next one wanted to do a cannonball to be baptized, but I told him no. Come on, get out here before he changes his mind and tries. Griffith has come today to also share with you that he has asked Jesus Christ into his heart and life. So Philip, have you come today to share with the church again that you've asked Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Are you willing to follow him in believer's baptism and live for him the best that you can? Let him lead, guide, and direct you. Philip, based upon my testimony and my brother, as you of baptizing young ones like that and adults and I don't know which is more special to be able to baptize our children or our adults but I'll tell you what each and every baptism is a testimony of God's amazing grace and so rather they're children who come with their whole lives ahead or adults who come and looking back at what they have experienced now what God is going to reveal to them may we know church we have a responsibility to take them from this place and to disciple them and help them to be followers of Christ where they are also sharing their faith with others and reproducing those who have come to know Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask Tom to come in now and I'm going to step out of the way. 
and I'll watch from the side and rejoice with them. This is Whitley and this is Daryl. In case you missed the testimonies, they've had tremendous conversion experiences. And I was so blessed of God to be a part of it. And they have expressed to me and publicly their desire to follow Jesus, to give their heart to the Lord, and today to exemplify that through this water baptism. And what a joy it is for me to be able to baptize them. I, I'll never forget as long as I live. Whitley's tears at Bible school and she leaped from her seat and said I would be so blessed if you would baptize me because I've just asked Jesus into my heart and then because of her prayers a week or so later Daryl calls her at work wasn't it? calls her and says I've just asked Jesus to come into my heart because of her testimony real Real evangelism is infectious. Real evangelism works. Religion flops. When you experience it in reality and live it, it spreads and it's wonderful. Whitney, what a joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And may you follow Jesus all the days of your life.
I know a place